listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. Um, if you like the show and you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. And guess what? If you are a Patreon subscriber at the $3 or more level uh you're gonna get something special this week and maybe uh possibly every two weeks um we have a new thing called 90s garbage time which is a uh a short little 15 20 minute um extra uh that is available exclusively to patreon subscribers so uh you're gonna be able to go to patreon and uh listen to that if you subscribe at the three dollars or more level thank you so much for everyone who does uh what do we talk about in this episode uh we talk about some of the troubles in america we talk about would ozymandias's plan work if it happened in 2020 from the watchmen um are we already in world war three and then we have some half remembered facts about world war two we talk about the rise of skywalker we talk about joker we talk about the best movie ever the love guru and then we talk about about wrestling a little bit and a reminder scooby and shaggy go to hell all this and more on ips That's the important thing. This, this is the it. don't alienate your audience moment of the of the warning pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. Remember alienating our audience? That was a great EP. It sure was. I think, honestly, I think Songs one of their... Pedophilia? That one didn't have a song about pedophilia. Oh, that's true. It was more tight. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, tight. Tight had that. We're talking about mind the self-indulgent, Scott. But, um, but yeah, I, honestly, like, going back, like, I occasionally go back to the mind the self-indulgence, like well i guess <laughs> to yeah, be like well, is, is still good for the occasional spin the other stuff, not, rough edges has has shown its age i don't know but but that ep the uh, despierto los niños is yep. i think probably their strongest like sound it's like it's the most like punk the most like raw it's not super overproduced like frankenstein girls yeah. it's not like ultra just offensive for offensive sake like some of the stuff that's going on in like tight mm-hmm. and then it, and it also is still, I think, like, they're young enough to not kind of sound like almost like jokes of themselves, which is what happened kind of like later on. Like Very much so. <clears throat> yeah, it's like what it had. It had Alienating Our Audience. It had, uh, like, uh, Brooklyn Whack. It had a couple other tracks on it. But, yeah, that those six tracks off the Espiratilis Ninos, I feel, is, like, peak MSI. And that's mm-hmm. when we got to see them in New York. It was the best. Sure was. Boy, this um, is some deep stuff. This is relevant to the times. It's important it? things happening in the world. Let's talk about I'm just, MSI. I'm just, I'm just beating around the bush because, like, we, we've made the jokes that, you know, like, the world's been ending since, uh, like, the middle of March. And now the world is continuing to end in a whole new way. Where, like, like, yeah, like, tons and tons and tons of America is currently on uh, curfew right now. Right. Like, like I have uh, co-workers down in the suburbs of Chicago that are have a like sundown curfew in effect as we speak. Sundown. That is crazy. Yep. Like, do not be out after dinner kind of thing. Because, yeah, Um, I mean, I think it's like Sarah and I were talking about it. I think it's sort of the like a perfect storm of you're like you there's often like um protests and stuff whenever there's a uh a member of the police 
kill some someone unjustly, it will often trigger protests. It's normal. But I was like, everyone's like, why is this one so different? I was like, everybody's been pent up for two months. Like, it's going to, like, everybody's already stretched. Like, the rubber band is already stretched thin. Mm-hmm. And then this happens. It's obviously going to be more explosive. And maybe this more explosive change is the one to, like, <clears throat> we were talking in the emails earlier um, about the fact that, like, COVID has shown us that governments are capable of sweeping reform if need be. Immediately. Immediately. Like, like all of this, like, stuff takes six years to pass. You're like, when stuff really needs to happen, it can happen very quickly. So, and I mean, I'm not saying that the current American administration is about to make any sweeping police reform, but it's like, if you make it a big enough deal, that's how you get stuff done. So why like, the fuck ain't it happening? <laughs> I mean, because there's an insane person in the uh, sitting at the head. Like we also talked about this in the in the email thread a little bit. If you're just sort of like, is it fair to blame Trump for racism? No. Is it fair to blame him for not doing anything in the last four years to make it better? Yeah, that's total. He's the guy in charge. Like he literally dismantled. Okay, okay. Let's let's not do Trump. Anything else? How how do you not? How do you not deal with looting starts shooting? How do you not mention that in this conversation? That that is an immediate, an immediate. You should not be president anymore. You incited violence publicly. Yep. You're done. Yep. You're over. <laughs> I don't know how you don't talk about that. Like, <clears throat> I, I I just don't feel like I have anything to say. It's it's offensively stupid, and it has been a, a nightmare for years. There's nothing mm-hmm. to add to this. Nothing's changed. I mean. I don't know. I think the 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 scale of the the protests over the weekend is much bigger than anything I've ever seen happen. Like, I mean, not like so. What's changed? People are getting more and more angry. That's a really big problem. Mm-hmm. So maybe, so maybe there's no police reform or anything this time. So what does next time look like? You know what I mean? Like, that's how bad does it need to get before we do see something? Like, nothing is changing from the government side. They're just, you know, staying the course and doing nothing. But I'm like, people are just going to get more and more pissed until, I mean, like, Scott, what was, what did you say this morning with the, when people were like, how much worse can it get? You're like civil war. Civil war can be as bad as it gets. Like, yes, that is as bad as it can get in this situation. And that's, uh, I don't even think that's a science fiction answer anymore. Yeah, it's nuts. <clears throat> like, that's crazy. Anyway, uh, we talked about it. We're not going to, I think, really get into this. I don't think we need to be three dudes approaching, three white dudes approaching 40 from Montreal talking about a ton of race things. But I think that we do talk about current events enough that we'd be remiss to not mm-hmm. mention the fact that the, I was going to say world, but I mean, uh, mostly America <laughs> exploded into fire over. Yeah, f- fiery chaos over the weekend and uh, misinformation and fake news and whatever is running rampant in both directions. Uh, so <clears throat> this made me think, though, I was thinking about this over the weekend, just in general with the political climate uh, and the, the misinformation and fake news and conspiracy theories and flat earthers and all that stuff to tie it into a geeky thing. That's good. Like, we should do that. <laughs> this is what 90S is about, everybody. I don't think... Ozymandias' plan in Watchmen would work if it happened in 2020. I think there'd be, like, Manhattan event deniers. Like, a giant alien teleports into the middle of Manhattan and explodes, and people would be like, but did you see it? 
like flat earthers and stuff would be like no fake. no 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 not a chance <laughs> not a chance because a lot of this stuff you don't get good camera footage of when there's something that's real you're gonna get everybody's gonna have a different angle on it it's gonna be but it like, blew out every camera right it was like a nuclear bomb that went off i don't, I don't think there'd I, be any i don't good... remember the details i don't think they were were they that specific maybe in the tv show they go into that level of details in the comic it doesn't in the in the show they they kind of like talk about the yeah. that it there was like the main bomb took out Manhattan, and then there was basically an EMP for like several miles in other direction, like in every direction. Okay, but then but then later cameras will go in, and all of Manhattan is fucked. Oh yeah, but then they're going to be like, oh, the government dropped a bomb; it wasn't an alien. Because the point is, is that the event created world peace. Right, That's what I right. think. I got, I, I, that, and I'm saying I don't think that would happen. Like in, I don't think in that, the comic there is an alien, right? Like there there is a giant alien there. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan. What? Well, oh, oh no! He they, makes they, an actual yeah, they, alien they, shows up. Yeah, they construct an alien. Yeah. Doctor Manhattan constructs an alien, so it's not like a giant. No, Ozymandias. Ozymandias, like fills it with psychic energy and has all of the artists and stuff building it, and you don't really know what's going on. There's even that scene where they're like building it in a in a bay. Yeah, that's what, that's what he was doing in in Antarctica the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's it's <clears throat> it's a physical thing that is alien, like. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it was constructed on Earth, but it's not like some weird animatronic mannequin that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. works only for the cameras. Like it's a actual real nightmarish thing. Yeah, it's like, it's, like a, it's it's a Cthulhu esque thing. Yeah, but I'm I'm still saying that I I I believe that if Ozymandias did that plan in 2020, it would not like spark world peace the way he predicted it would. <laughs> <laughs> like like there'd be so every someone would blame the government or like the shadow government or whatever. And then like an- another government would take claim for it or what, like it would just, it would be such a, it would be such a mess. I don't think it would have the, like the unifying. I know Scott, you're showing us the tentacles. It's visual, visual gag on a podcast. <laughs> it's not a visual gag. I just feel like you might've been underplaying the, uh, how how the alien horror. No, like how on earth could people believe it? I'm like, it's the size of a, building and it lands in the middle of the city right but then everyone that saw it with their own eyes died and possibly footage of it would be like compromised through like an electromagnetic pulse given the the teleportation so all we would know is that you know manhattan got blown up you're saying it would be received like the moon landing yeah (laughs) and i feel that There'd be people denying it, and there'd be pe- like maybe some religions would claim it as the devil and stuff. Like, I don't think it would have the unifying effect, even if it was like factually proven that a big, like, even if there was perfect footage of it, there'd be people who would say that that footage was faked. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's such a like that's we live pretty, in such that's pretty cynical. I, I think that if there's a, there's a big difference between things where there's like one shot of it and things where there's tons and tons of people have their cameras out. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm just but so, but you're not saying that like a conspiracy like the more uh, deluded conspiracy theorists out there couldn't imagine like an AI like virtual hack that could hack the same footage into multiple cameras and stuff. You know, like so we're we're like a few years away from that being pedestrian, <laughs> you know, right? But that, that's what I'm sad. saying is like which means that the military is likely already capable of it. So there you go. We found a way to like, if you drop a bomb in Manhattan and then AI hack the footage into the phones from like New Jersey, oh, the government did it. Yeah. 
and, and that's what I'm saying. I was like, it's not a stretch to have someone sitting there being like, this was faked. And I'm, and I'm not saying faked. I mean, 5 million people would be killed <laughs> for real. <clears throat> but people would, I don't think people would be like, it's aliens. We need to unite and form a, a lasting peace. I think it would just probably spark World War III if that happened in 2020. I don't know. I kind of think it's possible World War III might already be happening. Like, in oh, that, well, that's way less cynical. In, in a hundred years, they might look back at this period and be like, this was like the, the opening salvos of World War III took place in like 2018. Maybe it was Crimea getting invaded. Kind of like World War II started with Germany and Russia invading Poland and dividing it up between them. No, you World, know? War, World War II started in the Pacific <clears throat> theater. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, Japan you could go back China. that far too. Yeah. 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 You can go everyone, all the way back that far too. Everyone forgets about that because it wasn't white people getting getting killed, but yeah, Japan invading China. All right. I'll check my white privilege. The, but it's the same point though, right? And at the time, yeah. they didn't yeah. call it World War II. They called it like the German border war or whatever. And then and then they, they did the same thing the next year when they were down in um, – Christ. I remember it now. They went south after. And then it was the same thing. It was another like border conflict. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah. every, every country in Europe is at war. Well, no, I mean, uh, as soon as Poland was uh, invaded, um, England and France declared war on Germany. It wasn't as soon. There was there was a, like a couple of months where they weren't sure if they were going to. And England had a super, super, super strict treaty that they had just signed with Poland. And they kind of like hemmed and hawed about it a little bit. And I think Hitler did it because he was pretty sure Britain would renege on that treaty. Yeah, Chamberlain was not um, yeah. strong. But the, you're, you're mixing up the annexation of um, the Sudetenlands. With I definitely the might be. Of Poland. I, I read one book about this two years ago. It was a big book, though. So Germany annexed a big <laughs> chunk of... Um, Czechoslovakia and then Chamberlain went over and said don't do that again and Hitler was like no problem here's a paper saying I will not do that again and then Chamberlain went back to England and was like waving the paper around going I did the thing everybody everything's okay yeah and then they invaded Poland and was like oh shit we have to declare war okay I think so I I also I also kind of think that like maybe historically like a hundred years from now or whatever we'll have a kind almost a different definition of what war is like do <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like we, we, how now we have cyber crime and stuff like there's a, an argument that the amount of like like i said like like misinformation and falsification and theft of data and all that stuff will be considered like almost like a war crime a hundred years well- from now Go, you know, go like, <clears throat> take take the thought a little even further even and go and imagine what at its core war is. It's like a group of people organizing themselves to go and take resources away from another group and take it for themselves. Yeah. We we like the modern world of business is a forum for people to go to war with each other, kinda. Yeah. You know, but the rules are such that you're not allowed to actually kill each other. You just you have to play by a certain economic Yeah. Well, it's like there's um, in uh, I don't know if it's the last season or the second to last season of Silicon Valley. There's like a billionaire investor who's trying to like invest in the uh, invest in the main characters, um, 
like internet platform. Like they're, they're trying to design like a new, a new internet, so to speak and whatever. And the guy's just sort of like, Oh, and he's like, and then we mine all of the data. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, we mine things. He's like, my parents mined for gold. They mined for this. Like, you mine for oil, and now we're mining for data. It's a, it is a resource to be mined, like all others. You know, like, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. You're like, and it's like we don't have any. I guess, like, I mean, we're starting to get it, but like, how far behind are we on establishing our personal data as a like a resource that we own? Like, we don't really. Like oh, there's man. various, there's very, no, but you know what I mean? Like there's various yeah. things to protect it, but it's not something that we like intrinsically own. I'm not saying it like, is the right to private data a human right? And you're like, eh, what? Maybe, should it be? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And our governments are full of people who are like 30 years away from being able to even enter into the conversation. Like, yeah, exactly. That's it. You just have old people being like, oh, your, your data like, is your emails or whatever. You're that's like, like a typewriter, I- right? Yeah. Oh, you mean I shouldn't put my password on a post-it and stick it to my monitor? Hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So I would be remiss if I did not mention that I actually watched one of the movies of which I was assigned. I watched it with you. Oh, I don't know that that happened. I might have well, forgotten. Well, but it watched- was episode nine. Oh! Star Wars. We haven't talked about this. Hey, we haven't actually ranked it. No. No. It's the end of a the end of an era, a saga. So we finally going to watch talk about uh, in 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 depth. What, is Spoiler. it the last Skywalker? Is it Rise of the Skywalker? It was Rise of the Skywalker. <laughs> I've forgotten the name of it. Star Wars. <laughs> the Star Wars. What did you think? I mean, it was bad, and I could sort of see what they were trying to do, and what they were trying to do was not good. and they didn't quite accomplish it anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think that there were like little bits and pieces that you could say were good ideas that might have been in, in like better directorial hands with less, you know, behind the scenes shenanigans. Maybe it could have been assembled into something good somewhere, but I don't. How how do you feel about the hard, hard left of basically like retconning, um, Whatever, Everything the from Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think what happened there was they realized they had to compress an entire trilogy's worth of movie into the one movie. And that's why it was such like a rushed, crazy mess. They were like, to complete a trilogy, we have to hit all of these notes. And they just yeah. jammed all this shit into this movie. It was just like every fucking scene, it's happening quickly. The camera's moving, like drifting while it's going on. It's like never fucking takes a second to slow down. Hey, remember Palpatine? I'm back, baby. Yeah, pew, pew, pew. Lasers everywhere. Ray's going to do a whole bunch of stuff. This guy's going to summon a thousand Star Destroyers. You have a little broken circle, and if you hold up at just the right place, it tells you where a secret Sith key is. Star Wars as a brand has been just, like, taken out back and molested and beaten with a stick. There's just, like, nothing left. Out back? I feel like they did it on the front lawn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the all the neighbors watching with the cell phones out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like sad, you know, and there's no, and <sighs> yeah. So um I ha- I talked about this extensively actually with one of my colleagues when this was kind of coming out about the the the, the hard left uh from the last Jedi and stuff. The, I think the most interesting idea in the last Jedi that was probably the least I guess in tone of the of either 
the first or the second trilogy was and it was the thing that everybody kind of made fun of was like oh they go to like the rich person casino planet or whatever but i was like but that was laying the seeds for like an, a whole new villain which was the people who are like war profiteering off of you know the empire fighting the rebels mm-hmm. i'm like someone is getting rich when they're building these weapons and like and when i thought of the of palpatine just have against giant fleet of star destroyers, each one with a Death Star laser underneath it. I was like, <laughs> someone got bank. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like those resources don't exist on that planet. Like he bought and paid for this armada, and someone is like the, the real villain here is the person who Wait, sold it to Palpatine. You think, that, you think that Palpatine actually had that? I kind of thought that he 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 made. They were magic star destroyers that he summoned with the Force. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which. I mean, I think I think that in uh, the um, Rise of Skywalker, that's what we're led to believe. But I think that there's a version of the story without radically changing it, uh-huh. where someone has a fleet like that, and but the real villain is not Snoke or Palpatine or whatever. It's the person that's like making money off of this. Like, there's there is a whole group of people who are. Who the Empire? Okay, okay, okay. Very rich. This is a fantasy you're having that the film did not do. That oh no, 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 but I, no, I'm saying, but the seeds for that were laid. We're absolutely yeah. in. Uh, in yeah, last okay. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that that is it is in Rise of Skywalker. Any remnants of it are gone. No, but I'm just saying. But that that was I think the most interesting part to me. In, like the I know they undid everything. Oh, your parents are nobody. Ah, he was lying or whatever. Your parents are Palpatine. Like get out of here. Yeah, it was the whole notion that you know what maybe this is not just about the Skywalkers and whatever, and there is other stuff going on. And they're like, no, 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 it's just it's Palpatine versus Skywalker, and it's that for nine movies. Like it's like Last Jedi had problems, but like it was, I think the thing that it that ultimately was its undoing is it tried to be something new in the Star Wars universe, and the backlash was so long that they just brought in JJ to like slap dash like remember the Star Wars? Was, it wasn't trying to be something new in a in a genuinely creative way it was trying to do something new by slapping a fish in the face of Star Wars traditions and there's a difference between the two things you could have told a new story and a new manner of telling stories in a in the Star Wars setting without without doing it so aggressively yeah, I think yeah, I, I would I would say that that like he, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Ryan Johnson. Yeah, <clears throat> he's and not a like, dumb guy. Like, there's no, no way. For sure. yeah. And I think that he maybe, like, probably overreached, being like, "I'm screwing with everything you love." Like, if he had just maybe picked his spots a little more. There's no way that that's what happened. I'm sure his initial ideas were hot, streamlined clever scripted you mean and, like then, the, the and then it went hero. through the machine like all yeah. the yeah i think that's exactly what happened except i think there was a final step at the end where they were like okay now you have to put um this new character in and she has to have a romance with one of the main characters and he's like i already wrote a script and i already have everything done i have shots done what are you kidding me and then some other studio person was like okay now you have to make them go to a planet where there's rich people and you have to have a plot line about this and he was like all right, fine, you motherfuckers. I'm going to put all that shit in my horse, movie. Horse then, races. You need horse races. Yeah. And then and then he does does it as and then he does it in the manner in which resulted the film we got, malicious, which was so mal- bad, maliciously malicious bad. Compliance. Malicious compliance. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's it's what I like, think that means. Like an, like, a, um, like a, a, what do you call it? Like an emperor, the emperor has no clothes kind of nonsense. Like Being a, like, this is good, right? And wink, wink. Like, and the execs are like, A plus, Ryan. Like, right, right. Like they, have a, they have a list and they're like checking it off. Goes to planet. Yeah. Okay. Asian girl. Okay. This is like tick, tick, tick. Yeah. yeah. Like Kevin Smith being told to put spiders in the Superman script. Right. <laughs> put some horses right. in it. Have a race. I really like Later. the pod races, but make it horses. Okay. Ryan had to do it because he didn't have enough sway. Yeah. He, uh, he alien three did. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so anything else? Do we really, do we want to do like a blow by blow in the movie? Do you I remember mean, anything fun that happened? Let's see. I, well, I, I think I've already shared on the podcast my, uh, my favorite moment of the entire film. <clears throat> we'll say it in brief. Um, when, at least, even though, and I think here, <clears throat> the main, my main issue with the film is that they uh, present loss and tragedy and then undo it within five seconds all the time. Like, oh, someone's dead. No, they're not. They're back. Uh, C-3PO's memory is erased. No, it's, it's got a backup. Like, all that. But the moment when they're just sort of like, when they're like, we just erased C-3PO's brain and everybody is forlorn and maybe this character is no longer there and Babu Freak is just like, yeah! Like, so happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made me okay. genuinely laugh that the cute little creature was just like excited that he did a, like his job correctly and potentially wiped the mind of a beloved character from nine films. That touched me and I, I, I had a genuine reaction to that moment. Well, okay, so my favorite moment of the movie is kind of almost the same thing. It's just a scene after when they finally, when they like immediately do restore C-3PO's memory and everything's going to be okay because it was so pathetic and stupid and it just made everything that happened before it also pathetic and stupid. It, it was like the moment where I could no longer, that was it, you know? I, I, ch- I yeah, there was a number That's of things. I, I think I checked out of the film mentally in the opening crawl when it was just like the dead speak <laughs> Palpatine's back, but he's just like in the opening crawl. I just laughed. I, w- I went to go see this in theater. Walter, Ooh. Walter took me to go see it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, and we were both like, and I don't even really know how it came about. I think they had a babysitter like him and Raz. And it was just like one of the only things that they wanted to, because like Walter's and is not a big star Wars guy either. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not super into it, but like, he owed me a movie ticket, whatever, but I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. whatever it happened. We'll figure it out. But it was just sort of like the dead speak, and they were like, voice from beyond the grave, Palpatine. And I was just sort of like, this is how shitty this movie is. Is it relying on the opening crawl to set up the return of the villain because there's no time to do it? And like, and me- like mentally, I was like, this is real dumb immediately. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. when the opening crawl fails to get you, like, Usually it gets you pumped, you know? It kind of, like, fills in the blanks between the two movies and whatever else. Nope. Just stupidity. And then I think... And then it peaked when Lando just looks at that girl and is like, hey, what's up? Right at the end of the film. And you're like, what's going on? (laughs) You're like, daughter? Question mark? Like, romantic? (laughs) Question mark? So I agree that the crawl identifies that they, like, they need... They have so much story to do, and they have to jam it into this movie. And yeah. it's like a busy crawl that sets up all kinds of new stuff. And I, in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm just going to like not think about anything too hard, and it's going to be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And for a couple minutes, it was. Like, even even like the lighting is a little more intense. Like, he likes his neon 
edged everything. So everything yeah. feels like it's all glitzed up. And all right, it was fun for a bit. And then they you, they got into that sequence that you described of just undoing everything that had come before. And just, no, he's not. No, he's not. And it, th- that one, you're like, wait, what? And even if you're like in, I'm not paying attention, I'm just kind of going to like it for the lights. It's so fucking in your face how <laughs> bad it is, you know? Here's here's the thing that I can't. You can't imagine. even just, just let it happen. He was undoing his own work. Like That's he, it. He wrote and directed the first movie and he produced the second one. And he was like, you know what? Those first two movies... They suck. They're shitty. Let's just scrap everything we put forward in both of them yeah. and and have her be Palpatine and fight the Force Lightning. It was... And, and still yeah, yeah. try to pander to the base. And so, then why did they kiss? Were there some good fighting moments? Was there any good lightsaber play? Mm, the lightsaber fight on the wrecked Death Star was all right. Uh-huh. I thought that one was pretty good too. I like the water, the water planet kind of kind of forum, mm-hmm. jumping around and then through the waves and shit. It was good. It didn't really climax with a sword fight, eh? No, no. I mean, it did. It did have the like, and even then, like it 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 ruined its own moments, like just all the time. Like why? Like I just said it a second ago. Like why? Why do? Uh, why did I blank on both of their names? Uh, Ray and Kylo. There we go. <laughs> I was like, why do Ray and Kylo kiss? Like, I'm like, you had a perfectly good, like, like, platon. Like, for once, one of the only things I thought that the movies had going for them was like a dynamic, like, kind of like close relationship that at no point seemed romantic. Like, I was interested in their relationship, yeah. like as as individuals, as to being like people who can be like in opposition and very close and it's not a romance thing it's just a, like a bond between two people that is not but one's a boy and one's a girl so kiss yeah i mean i don't agree with your reasoning whatsoever but i agree with your outcome it's like i don't i don't i think it could have been a romantic thing oh. but it was not and, uh, I, i'm if not they had, I'm if not, they had built yeah, to yeah. it it could have worked yeah no that that's what i'm saying is that again it's that they didn't they, they un. I'm, when I say they undid the work, is that they didn't put any work into the romance. Instead, they did show me a relationship of two people who were close that wasn't romantic. If if they had been building to a romance, fine, like a will they, won't they? But it's like I never got that impression in the films. Like, yeah, totally. I never got romance. I got like maybe big brother, little sister kind of vibe, mostly. <laughs> like from the first two films, that was the. Which I mean, I guess you could translate into a, yeah. like. I'm saying, if anything, like. Like that was more the tone that Kylo and Ray they were setting in the first two films. Okay, so do we rate this thing as worse or better than Episode Seven? Worse, way worse. <laughs> yeah, like significantly worse than Episode Seven. Episode Seven had you know hope. Yeah, I guess this, this I did put a nail in a coffin, right? Yeah. I mean, episode Seven pandered to the fan base and wasn't smart, but it was the seventh movie after seeing six previous ones and it kind of touched on all of them and said, yes, this is the same universe and we're ready like, to get started. You ready to go with us? And it, and if anything, this, the stuff that worked in episode seven is the, some of the same stuff that worked in episode nine is like episode seven felt a lot like they were kind of like putting a bow around everything you knew so that they could move past it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, scrolling, scrolling, 
scrolling. Uh, holy crap. I'm, it's very low for me. Same. I, I hate it. I'm getting, I'm getting it like, I'm currently below Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Uh, I'm looking at like 102 where Solo is. I think that's an interesting comparison. I mean, but Solo... I actually think that's pretty high. Yeah, I was going to say Solo had Lando. All right, so we're throwing it down below Solo. Uh, I believe it goes below Rubber. Yep. I believe it goes... Yeah, Solo should probably get caught... Conked out. Here we go. Let's, let's go further down. I, I don't know if Ghostbusters the remake ha- is unusually high. I believe that it might be, but I don't uh, think it. Well, Ghostbusters was flawed, but actually funny at points. Or yeah. Star Wars was flawed, but actually not Star Wars at points. One one forty right below Ghostbuster might be is not bad because then. Because again, I'm trying to I'm trying to do the, like what John was saying. Is I'm like focusing on like it did have a cool lightsaber fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was, <laughs> we're we're there talking were about cool. parts that like uh, if they had been assembled differently, it might have worked. You know. All right. Yeah. Number one five nine. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. No, I would no, say above, yeah, above. above that. Yeah. 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 Well, and you're talking about a cool okay. lightsaber fight, and that one has the coolest one of the. the yeah, but it also has a jar. Jar. It has so many things that drag it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does it have just insane plot points that don't make sense, though? Because Episode Nine has Palpatine being able to raise all those Star Destroyers with his hand, and then the answer, and then look at the rebel, rebel, the rebellion show up and just be like, "Hmm, can't do anything about that." Like, like, why why does anything matter after you can summon, use your Force powers, summon ten thousand Star Destroyers? That all have Death Star lasers. It's like a nine-year-old wrote it, right? It's his new force power, summon, summon Star Destroyer. And then he summons, like, With ten me. Star Destroyers. A hundred? Yeah. Ten thousand? <laughs> like, you just see, like, this brain being, like, going up. When, like, ten wasn't impressive, you just, uh, ten thousand. Ten thousand Star Destroyers. I believe... And he lifts them out of the ocean. Underneath Rampage. I think that is where it goes. Because it's as much of a mess with Hell as Hellboy, but no. there's a lightsaber fight. No, Hell, Hellboy is a better movie than than that. So, right beside Suicide Squad, above Suicide Squad, nestled snugly between Hellboy and Suicide Squad. J.J. Abrams, you did it again, buddy. <laughs> I I would rather watch Hellboy, which is a movie I watched recently and oh, hate it. I actually don't believe it. that. I bet you. I bet you. If you sat down with Hellboy on, you'd turn it off before you turn off. I think Agent Myers is a better character than any character in Episode Nine. Oh, oh that's not even fair. You're, you're misremembering. I just watched it last night. They, it was like it was bad, and <laughs> if you thought about it, it was terrible. But Hellboy was pretty miserable. Oh my god. Anyway, um, I guess we can also get to uh, yeah. Let's talk about it. I was going to say some other business, though, that since we just brought up Suicide Squad, I think that we've, have all three of us watched The Joker now? Nope. Not me. Uh, you sh- I was like, you should? But at the same time, maybe you shouldn't? I'm, I oh, mean, no. I'm okay. If you this, guys want to get into it, I'm actually okay with that. I, I'm, I think I've had everything spoiled. This is the week is. you should watch it, though, John. This is the oh, week yeah. when, when the world is in civil unrest, a movie that ends with a riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's got okay timing. Mm-hmm. Fight the power. But does it say anything? Is it actually good? Have you ever seen King of Comedy? No, I have not. Watch King of Comedy and then get back to us. And then we'll rank King of Comedy and we'll rank Joker. <laughs> one will be really high and one will be very low. I, I'm into it. Honestly, honestly, watch King of Comedy. Uh, I will actually try to also watch it. Uh, I have not seen it probably since college. It's, uh, it's hard to watch. Eh? Don't Hard to don't. watch as in. Like, I, I remember it's a slog. It's a slog. Yeah. But I mean, so is Joker. Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh, Joker, yeah. Joker is just kicking Joaquin Phoenix again and again and again and again and again until he kind of kind of blows up at the end of the film. But I think I think so everyone being like it's a cinematic masterpiece and and it's just tone deaf and whatever. I was like I think the Joker is actively a bad film that is saved by a like like I don't think it was tour wrong. de force performance. Yeah, like by a tour de force performance. I think if anyone else was cast as Joker we would be like, this movie's worse than Suicide Squad. Like, like can you, just can you imagine, like, the... Jared just, Leto. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. Like, someone playing like, weird and shitty and edgy or whatever, and, like, if Joaquin Phoenix is not in that movie anchoring it, it's an actively bad film. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix's performance is fantastic, and it's worth watching to watch him, but still, the like the setup and the play and everything else is very bad. Is is it really Suicide Squad level? If he was not in it, yeah. Oh yeah, it's dumb. It's just like wow. it's, there's a, a character with. Uh, I, I really got the impression that the the bed that Joaquin Phoenix's performance was laid upon was King of Comedy, which is you know as much what? as it can be derivative, it's still kind of cool. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, a hundred percent. And they, they, that's why they put De Niro in it. So to make it okay. It's that like they a stamp it. of approval. We're allowed yeah, to really, do this. Yeah. We're allowed to do it because look, De Niro is the talk show host this time and not the guy, you know, struggling. Through. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Hang on. I'm going to take a pause, bros. One, Keith, just one thing about Joker. Yo. Pick an active Hollywood actor that would make it the worst movie ever. Like what was the, what would be the anchor you could throw that, that lifeboat to sink it? I think Jared Leto would be hilarious because he already was the Joker. Like Jared Leto would be. He'd way be like less. another Joker. No, no, no. I'm just saying, but if you, if you cast him instead of Joaquin Phoenix, like because he had already, he was already the Joker and it's the eighties and who knows he's timeless. I'm, <laughs> I, the first thing that like popped into my head was a Hemsworth. Ooh. Any of them. Maybe Luke, the worst one. I got starring one. the worst. <laughs> I I got one for you. This is this is the worst casting you could ever have. Dwayne Rock right. Johnson. <laughs> I want you to think of a a, Cena? a struggling. <laughs> no, I think mine still wins. Okay. I, I want you to think of a struggling comedian working hard, getting criticized all the time, still plugging away at it. The Joker, starring Keenan Thompson. That <laughs> uh, don't know Keenan Thompson. I'm from, the, right now. from from the, the Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Keenan and Kel. Good <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Again, I think he could pull it off more than Keenan Thompson. Could. Oh, right. I don't know because I was like, because Keenan Thompson can occasionally do like intense. Yeah. Because like, that's an L sketches. I don't think I think Bobby Moynihan's way worse. 
<laughs> this would be like an Adam West Joker, right? Yeah, but it's the exact same film. Yeah. <laughs> King of Comedy, Taxi Driver. Exactly. But it's, it's Keenan Thompson. Or it's Bobby Moynihan that when he puts on the makeup, he's Keenan Thompson. <laughs> and then you're like, no. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. Uh... That's... You went too far there, Keith. I mean, the movie already like got shat on rightfully for being incredibly tone deaf in 2019. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, no, and and I mean, I, yeah, I was like, I we'll, we'll try to try to all watch it, but like, yeah. I there was plenty plenty of it was wrong uh, from the film, and then I mean, like, I, uh, I guess we'll get into it. Like, plenty of it was wrong just on the basis of even the like the geek in me that has certain notions about the Joker. Like they were not true to even some of the, like, and again, I'm not, I'm not being like, actually he couldn't have been alive at this time. Like, I don't care about that stuff, but just like core, core things about the character, both him and Bruce Wayne that the movie just misses. Does he kill people? The Joker? Yes. No, 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 no. Not that. What do you, okay. So what do you mean by core things that he misses? Okay. uh, Well, I guess, so we will talk about it. Yeah, true. so basically, they, they um, Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed during the riots that Joker has like uh, unwittingly started, right? Like so, everything kind of gets sparked off by uh, a couple of like Wall Street. Oh, I heard about this. Joker kills the well, not, not not kills. It's just the riots have, like, and the rioters at this point have clown masks and stuff as their iconography while they're doing this. Okay, and I'm like, so you think that this would like, but then literally Batman would be like. Joker started the riots that killed my parents. Like it's such a, it's such a different. It's not you know, crime. It's a direct response to someone specific. Yeah, right. it's not like it's not like the city was filthy and I needed to clean it up and I needed to go and train. It was, and then when the Joker showed up, like because the Joker's mystery of Joker's past is also kind of like Batman's unsolvable crime, right? Is Joker Batman has never figured out who Joker was, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like. Just think about how like different that relationship is if you're like you're the guy who started the riots that killed my parents. Even if you don't necessarily know who he is, that's such a it's just, like an instant nemesis. Yeah, and, 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 and also it doesn't make him a vigilante. It makes him training his whole life to be an assassin. Pretty much, much. I want to go kill that guy. Yeah. This. Like it weakens the relationship. And on top of that too, um Joker put shows up and puts his fingers in Bruce Wayne's mouth. <laughs> So, you know, like when he's like, who's the Joker? I I wonder if it was the guy who put his fingers in my mouth and then went on television with his real name and shot a guy on TV. Like, this is not world's greatest detective to figure out who this is. (laughs) Batman would just show up and kill that guy. You know, like whenever, like the only thing in the comics that usually like gets him close to death is like the vengeance for his parents. Like that's when he starts to like, he might kill somebody, you know, like Mm -hmm. on that path. Like... So it, it just it's it goes from being like taking the, like the mystique of Joker and ties it so into Batman's origin that it changes the dynamic that exists between the characters no matter who's writing them, right? Like, which just pisses me off. And then also, we're going, we're doing it. Um, the other thing that pisses me off is that Joker has this big speech at the end of the film talking about like this is what happens when you ignore the weakest members of society or whatever so it's like the movie is expecting you to sympathize with him but joker loves being the joker 
You know, like you can't be mad at society for making you this way and love the way that you are. You know what I mean? Like that, that's to me is like, is again, not true, not true of the character. Like, he's insane. Isn't that like one of the points? Sure, but he he's out to prove a lesson that this is what happened when you have the downtrodden whatever else. Like, I guess you know I what I mean? Know. I haven't seen it. He's, he's not a, a champion for the people at any yeah. point. At he any never point. has been. Like, comic book Joker in the middle of those riots, seeing all the Jokers committing crime, just as likely to start killing them as... Yeah, he might be like imposters. <laughs> And just start popping them off, being like trying to take credit from what I did, like comic right. book, you know, like like not like he literally the people prop him up onto a car and he like dances around like it's a podium for the people. I'm like, what is happening? After he just you know kills the um, the the talk show host on television after giving like a stirring like manifesto about like this is what happens when there's like class divide. Or whatever. And I'm like, who is this character? Like, there's a line in the film that is, like, he shows up, because like I said, the the writers have um, sort of taken on the the Joker mask as their kind of, like, symbol. Like, they're, they're wearing the masks and all that stuff. He mm-hmm. shows up to the late night talk As opposed show. to the Guy Fox mask kind of thing. As opposed yeah, to yeah. Yeah. So um, he shows up to the to the talk show in like with the green hair and the makeup and all that stuff. And they're just sort of like, oh, like, you're supporting the protesters? And he's like, oh, not really. And then they're like, oh, like, you don't believe in what they do? And he's like, I don't believe in anything. I'm like, I was like, right there, that's the Joker. Right. Like, people are rioting. He's in the clown mask. Oh, you support these people? No. And they're like, you don't believe in them? I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in anything is like the statement to me that defines the character. You then can't five minutes later be like, here's what I believe in and here's what's wrong. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm like? Yeah. Crap. I thought it was... And, and and again, and I can say that it's crap and still not really have an issue with the fact that Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar for it. Because he's... Did he? Yeah. Huh. Oscar or Golden Globe? Golden Globe. Are you sure? Yes, they did not give two Jokers Oscars. <laughs> Best actor. I promise. <laughs> on 820 was Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker. Yes, they did. The Joker, really? The Joker gets you Oscars. I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. Sorry, Jared Leto. Yep. <laughs> and I guess Jack Nicholson also. Was he not? Was Jack Nicholson nommed for it? Man, that's weird. Jack Nicholson Oscar nominations. That's so crazy if it is. Uh, no, he did not. He was not nominated for it. <clears throat> okay. I, it's not a big point because he was hot fire in that movie so hot fire like hot raw fire joaquin phoenix was 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 yeah which which i which i said is is i in 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 and of itself kind of its own reason for watching it is to like i don't think i can think of a film that i was like this is a bad movie seeing an absolute amazing performance from like start to finish in a bad film i I was like my brain had a hard time connecting it there will be blood. Uh, you had a problem with the performance and there will be blood? No, I, that's the only thing that's worth watching that movie for. What are you talking about, man? The, the cinematography is beautiful. Uh, the music is crazy. The music is it's everything weird. wrong with that movie. You didn't like it? Nope. 
That's the guy from Radiohead who just made screeching, squealing noise over the early California and vistas. I mean, that's that's half of what I was there for. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love Joker then. <laughs> Because the set design and dressing and costuming is is great. Mm-hmm. The, the way that they made, you know, Manhattan 1972 look. Outstanding. Do you remember the movie about cannibals with Guy Pierce? It was called like Hunger or something like Ravenous? that. Ravenous. Ravenous. That movie had similarly bizarre twangy music. Yes. It was wonderful. Again, not a great movie. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Guy Pierce is great. Guy Pierce yeah, is yeah. great, but that's not a great movie. No. <laughs> All right. So you guys watched a great movie, though. I was like, speaking yes, of... Yes, we sure did. A, a movie for our troubled times. A movie with a wonderful, beloved actor. Mm-hmm. Living his, his best self. I was maybe. like, yeah, Alba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, John and I watched The Love Guru. John, this is your movie. Yeah. I really- before we present the film, though, I spent time looking up after we saw this to find out because, like, after, when you guys maybe watch Leonard Part Six, there's been like these like oral histories and stuff that have come out to be like everything that was wrong on set with Leonard Part Six. Yeah, this movie came out twelve years ago now, and no such record exists other than the fact that it like basically Mike Myers. It didn't just like kill it didn't I don't think it killed his career per se because he still did some Shreks and stuff but he actively said I'm not making movies anymore. Like he he did it himself he said. Like he's said no the director never went on to direct anything else ever. <sighs> ever. <laughs> like this guy he was a second unit director on like a couple films or whatever. This was his only feature ever that he directed and there's no such record of what the hell happened. Like on set, and it bugs me. So, what it feels like? No, I didn't do the. I didn't do more research, so I don't have a. I don't have a great story to add to that. The but what it felt like to me, it it had shades of um, nothing but trouble. And you think it's like one person who has like a. They have a vision. They don't really know how to get there. I think Mike Myers thought he he was onto another. um, uh, What do you call it? Austin Powers type of character. Well, they were, apparently the, the the studios were like predicting sequels on this. Absolutely, they, like, they, like so much. So they much, gave him carte blanche to do whatever you want because he was at the top of his game. So much so that apparently DreamWorks or whatever was like concerned about having him back for like the third or fourth Shrek movie. Like there was because that's how hot, like red hot, the Mike Myers bankability was. Yeah, coming off Shrek and coming off Austin Powers was that they were like, this Love Guru thing will also take off and it will be harder to make Shreks. Yes. Like, like that, that was, was that was like a genuine concern from DreamWorks. Oh, man. Well, uh, they so, needn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's the movie about, John John? <clears throat> well, um, you're going to have to help me out. There man. was a, there's a, there's a uh, he starts off as a guru, right? Yeah. Like right out the gate. Yeah. His name is Pitka. Yeah, and he ends up having to try and counsel a hockey player into uh, his marriage, keeping the marriage going. Yep. Because he is trying to win in his little competition with, um, what's his name? Cock Legrand. 
Jacques, Jacques Legrand Coq or Jacques Coq Legrand, whatever. Yeah. Justin uh, Timberlake is French, the point. Justin Timberlake, French, uh, well, French yeah. Canadian hockey player. For the Stanley Cup final. And you're omitting the important parts that the, the biggest leap that the movie asks anybody to do is it has the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> in 2008, playing against, get this, Scott, you, you might enjoy this. Mm-hmm. The 2008 Stanley Cup Finals, as presented in The Love Guru, are between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Los Angeles Kings. If you look up the 2007-2008 standings, I believe they finished tw- like 27th and 30th, respectively. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> two of the absolute worst teams. And clearly, like, Toronto is there because Mike Myers wants Toronto to win. And LA is there because, I guess, like, everyone else on set's an LA fan. Because like, of Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. But it's like an unbelievable, a more unbelievable Stanley Cup final in 2008. There almost could not be. Uh, and there isn't even good hockey. Like, there isn't even, like, fun hockey shots. Like, I don't even remember, a, like, maybe one or two plays of hockey in the entire film. Well, I don't remember one or two single entertaining shots in the whole film. The There was one. There was one moment we both chuckled, and then that was it. Oh yeah, I remember. The whole, I remember the whole movie had a single chuckle. I remember it too. It was um, so. Uh, Mike Myers plays like uh, plays an orphan, and he's learning the ways of being a guru with a, a wildly out like egregious performance by Ben Kingsley. Like Ben Kingsley plays like the older guru teaching the the younger. What I do guess. you mean wildly out of character? There's he played Gandhi in the uh, like the classic uh, Gandhi movie. Yeah, exactly. But then now he's playing uh, a cross-eyed guy that pisses on people. Yes, yes, it's a fine <laughs> legacy to leave Sir exactly. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, <laughs> the love love guru. Uh-huh. But yeah, so. Um, He's so, and then Mike Mike Myers is pre, like presents the like his his backstory or whatever, um, and it was like his parents uh, like went on a like a a, a traveling um, like a religious mission or whatever, and then somehow like his mother or something got killed. I forget what it is, but Ben Kingsley is just sort of like makes a thing, and he was just sort of like, so you said that like your father liked missionary, and then like your mother preferred doggy style, and like has like one of those things, and the kid like. Young Mike Myers is just sort of like, my parents are dead. <laughs> and then it's just like, this is the only time in the movie where someone has like a schlocky, awful line. And then someone like immediately calls out being like, my parents are dead. And I was like, that was the one, the one moment, moment of comedy where Ben Kingsley makes an off color joke. Like it's an off color, like raunchy joke. And someone is like, that's inappropriate. My so parents- the, 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 fa- and that's in the first 10 minutes also. So the failure hangs so squarely on mike myers like the character of pitka is so unlikable and unfunny and and he's like the focus of every every scene yeah you're supposed to root for him for no reason other than the fact that he's mike myers like the only reason you root for that character is that mike myers is playing you think about that he does a couple of like stare at the camera give like a big smile type of moments that that totally popped in Austin austin powers Right? Yeah. What's the big difference between the two characters? I mean, one of them is racially insensitive. I mean, yeah, we haven't touched on any of that, but that's the whole thing is dubious by default. <laughs> there is there is a lot of that, but they also do establish that he is actually from New Jersey. Yeah. So they, they I'm not saying that it's okay. 
<laughs> but they established that he like moved to India from New Jersey as a child with his parents and, and grew up in, in India instead. So well, the character might have done that. Mike Myers did not. So him taking shots at South Asian culture still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, so they, they gave it to a bunch of Hindu something or others and said, like, does, does, is any of this offensive to you? And they got, like, a stamp saying none of this is actually offensive. I don't think they were actually critical of Hindu faith or of people of Hindu. Other than the accent. Like, other, other than, than the, an accent. The omnipresent accent, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, pretty brilliant. But I, but I don't think that that is by default offensive. I mean, like Hank Azaria doing Apu. There's a whole movie about about that. Yeah, yeah. But they like, um, like for instance, like like Deepak Chopra's in the film. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Who's the other one? There's another. It's like the bread of the joke. Like like his his like Eastern uh, greeting is actually someone's name, and she's in it also, right? Yeah. Like yeah, there's like an alarming amount of people that show up in this film. Like, up to and including Kanye West. <laughs> like, The thing is, if at that time, Mike Myers phones you up and is like, do you want to be in my movie? Mm-hmm. You say yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just making bank. Yeah. Yeah, Deepak Chopra is in it. Oh, man, and, uh, John Oliver and uh, Jim Gaffigan. as They the were actually pretty funny. They were actually they, they had good. They had good moments between the two of them. But they were so obviously bringing their own shit to, to the table. Oh my God. It was awful, awful, awful. The Vern, the Vern Troyer bits were terrible. Uh, oh my God. John Good. Oliver's character's name was Dick Pants. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. I don't know. I think we've. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the list right now. We got to, we got to move on from this. I don't know that there is anything else to be said. It was like Mike, Mike. I don't know how he could fail so badly from his career leading up to that. Right? No one around him to say no. Yeah, I guess like we we, we even made the joke while we were watching um, um, while we were watching the film. We were just sort of like like the the infamous Bill Cosby line on Leonard Part Six, where he's I'll like, "I'll bring the funny." I'll bring the funny. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like that happened on set. Mm-hmm. People were like, "I don't know if these jokes are landing, uh, Mike." And he's like, "Don't you worry, guys." You think I got it was it. drugs? It didn't feel like a drugged out. Like I that think was it, the problem. I think it was more like Vince McMahon being like, "Don't pure, worry, guys. I know wrestling. We're yeah. gonna drop. We're gonna drop poop on them." Yeah, pure hubris. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, not necessarily. Did, I don't think it needed to be drug enhanced uh, hubris. Uh, yep, I, I, I kind of agree. So, I think we're down into the the like absolute failure section of the list, but not aggressively offensive. You know, how does it how does it Xanadu? Yeah, like kind of <laughs> in that territory. Wait a minute, where is nothing but trouble on this list? John, did you lose nothing but trouble? Oh, I must have. Son oh no, there was Scott, nothing but trouble. Scott, Scott, you need to rewatch it. i actually tried to watch it i tracked down a copy fuck it's so boring and stupid (laughs) and gross and gross it's gross not in a uh a lloyd coffin way it's gross just in a yeah old man 
Speaking, speaking of that, I watched um, uh, War, Troma's War. That was a crazy fucked up movie. Okay, anyway. All right, you guys got to put this on the list. Nothing But Trouble was episode 171, John, by the way. Yeah. I'm sending it to you in the notes. So we got to get that on the list because that's yeah. got to be... Weird. Dark. We put it all the way up there under Dark Phoenix? No, 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 no. I'm saying it was episode 171. Oh, oh, oh. I see, I see it. I don't know. Maybe we talked about it multiple times. It might be episode 173. Uh, that might be one where you gave it to me and one where I finally ended up watching yeah. it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind yeah, of like... See, look, like Batman the Killing Joke was aggressively bad and stupid. And then... I didn't see Crimes of Grindelwald. Xanadu is the right territory where it was just like terrible characters. But then I think, so my having seen Xanadu. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it before we even assigned it to you. Um, <laughs> it's my, like it was one of those. Um, it's cool, buddy. You, got, you watched a lot of skating. <laughs> I, I sure did, dude. <laughs> Figure skating, my mom watched a lot of figure skating and basically a lot of dancing movies and this I had roller skating. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I was like, Xanadu, I believe, had a better soundtrack and also had better roller skating than uh, The Love Guru. So, okay, United Passions, I could see I could see Love Guru going above United Passions, you know? Probably not, probably not London is fine, though. I, I guess I, I I'd put it my my gut says Love Guru goes below Xanadu. Yeah, that's my yeah because Xanadu, like I said, has Xanadu has has the song, like if it, <laughs> like like you like it has cannot Olivia Newton John. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay. it has really cool choreographed like like skating. Like you can have Xanadu on on mute, and every now and then be like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> Love Guru on mute does not have that saving grace. I uh, couldn't agree more. <clears throat> cool. Right. Let's it in there. Below Xanadu. Oh my god, you guys. I watched an, I watched a really good movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, really good. Really I, So there's a movie called Dope on okay. on Netflix and um the film came out in 2015 and has like a very absurd cast of people you will recognize name, not necessarily names you won't recognize, but a lot of like a ton, a ton, a ton of African-American actors. Okay. Uh, just like uh, the guy who played, um, uh, what was his name? Hang on. Yeah. The guy who voiced Miles Morales in uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, like the kid who played the um, the kid in the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, like the, it's like there's just a lot of people of color in the film. It was uh, produced by uh, Forrest Whitaker. Um, what's his name? Zoe Kravitz is in it. Uh, Pharrell Williams has like a producer credit. Uh, possibly. Like what's it about? Part. Anyway, it's about a kid. Uh, so it's set in like, I guess, 2015. And it's about like a, it's a high school kind of like comedy um, about a group of kids who are like really into 90s hip hop. So are subsequently like basically geeks and nerds because they're in kind of like a South Central kind of LA, like super rough gangster area. And like being into 90s hip hop 
in a real, you know, gangster part of town is makes you a nerd, mm-hmm. even though you're still into hip hop. And then they kind of uh, get into some trouble uh, with some drugs and then kind of need to figure out how to like deal the drugs and like hijinks kind of ensue. And it sort of ends up being like a slightly grittier, but still pretty funny, more like racially aware, super bad. <laughs> like, huh. That's pretty high praise. That was funny. Yeah. Cool. I, I, like, don't think about like like a scene where a girl, you know, ends up with like too much Molly and is like half falling asleep at a car, and then just like runs into the thing, and then like has to like pee at a, on a Starbucks thing, mm-hmm. and she becomes a meme and whatever else, while the guy is like rushing to try to get to his like his Harvard admission degree, like stuff like that. But then like landing that kind of like hijinks, sure. and it, it not being the worst, and it like if you thought if you think about it, much like in Superbad, where you know how it's like. Like the minute one um, like foil is overcome, it like stops being relevant. Like yeah. if you think back to like like super bad and slash a lot of teen comedies, like as soon as you get away from the thug guys, unless them showing up later to be funny is part of it, they're gone now. They're not part of the story. Like the characters have. It's like a linear narrative, you know. You yeah, exactly. That's it. Like the characters own. beat that level. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> you know, like right. If you're willing to accept that kind of storytelling, which I think is a, is a big part of ultimately like teen comedies. Um, yeah, no, like really fun. And while still, like I said, having like, there's like a, a like a, a racial sensitivity and awareness that is like really kind of as a through line without it being about that. Like at one point people are like, like, why, why do you want to go to Harvard? And he's like, if I was white, would you even ask me that question? You know, like, <laughs> Like, like stuff like that. You're like, yeah, like, this is like, why do you want to get out of the hood? And he's like, what, why would you not want to get out of the hood? You know, like, this is, yeah, yeah, it pretty, pretty interesting. I would, uh, it's on Netflix. I, it popped up on my, uh, on my recommended feed and uh, Sarah and I watched it up at the cottage and I was like, I was amazed. I also have like a big soft spot for teen comedy in general. Yeah. And then to, to see something that was like, that could land in that space and like be like compelling and timely at the same time was I was like slightly amazed by. Right on. Yeah, watch it. Watch I think it. I've seen it advertised at me. I'm like to. Yeah, the uh, the main character with uh, a high top is um, is like the, the 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 poster sign. Like it looks it looks like it's gonna be like a '90s thing. Like he because he's kind of has like one of those. Almost like a fresh prince shirt and like a, a high top on the advertising mm-hmm. for it. But um Yeah. Um oh yeah, also, is that it is the same thing too, isn't it? I believe. Hang on, sorry. Is it is it is it, is it? what you talking about, buddy? Gotta gotta keep that thread going. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the uh the different cast, like one of the, another guy from the get down, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, ranking it. Yeah. <laughs> um, where are good comedies in here? I think you like pitch perfect too. Let's like above that. Mm-hmm. Above warm bodies. It's better than crush groove. Uh, oh. Then we kind of run out of comedies, eh? Karate Kid. 
Uh, Karate Kid 1984. Does I would say below the Karate Kid 1984. Is it above Last Action Hero? Is Bumblebee, it... Bird Box. It's in that zone. I would probably put it below Karate Kid, and I'd be willing to give it underneath Last Action Hero because I haven't seen Last Action Hero in a little while. It's been a while for me too. Mm. Thoughts, Scott? Last Action, good, was Last Action Hero. It was funny. It wasn't yeah. great. It was funny. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe above that. Cool. Because yeah, I'm saying like these. That's where kind of like comedies end up. Like it's not amazing. This list is all over the place, guys. Topsy turvy. <laughs> so I watched I watched a documentary on Netflix the last couple of weeks. Have a good trip. Adventures uh, in psychedelics. Do you like it? I have never wanted to do LSD as badly as when I was watching this movie. Wait a second. Do you, do you watch the psychedelics documentary series before you watch Last Dance? No. No. I, Last Dance was the bomb. Okay. Good God. You guys have to watch that. I know. Once I finish Dark Side of the Ring. Last Dance. The, the Michael Jordan. Nerd. Chicago Bulls. Six-time champion uh, sports documentary that all of sports has been talking about all huh. all, all day. Yeah, it's what what happens when the best player in the world is surrounded by very good players and they're all assholes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, for Steve Kerr, <laughs> and, and you know even Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson's not an asshole. Mm. He seems like he seems like a person with infinite patience for assholes. Yeah, I mean, coaching a team of assholes to six championships. <laughs> yep, you, you gotta be, you gotta have hell of a dad brain. <laughs> Michael Jordan is out there belittling every player on your team, and Dennis Rodman says, "I need to go to Vegas for six days. I'll be back when I'm ready." And you go, mm, "Okay," and, and then win the championship at the end of the year and <laughs> the coach of the year award. You're just kind of like, I, I guess, I guess that's the did way to have done it. Did he, did he? Did he skip a game or was it like? Yeah, Rodman missed... just screws off to go be on wrestling in the middle yeah. of the season. <laughs> he wants to be on a wrestling show on a playoff night. <laughs> so he finished his game in the NBA and then went to the another arena to be on WCW with Hulk Hogan. That is crazy. And, and all his teammates who were at at their hotel resting up after having played an NBA playoff game and the series isn't over. They have to play again the next day, watch him on live television, hit some guy with a chair. They're just like, huh. And didn't, didn't Rodman punch Pippen in the face before they were teammates? And then they're like, Hey Scotty, here's Dennis. Dennis Rodman went at Jordan. He was part of the, the Pistons in 1991. Yeah. They invented the Jordan rules. Yeah. Don't let Jordan score a basket unless you really hurt him. Mm-hmm. That was that was their strategy for winning. Yeah. Oh man, man, the the last dance is outstanding. So you're There's, saying it's a good uh, doco. Yeah, it's great. But have a good trip. Adventures in psychedelics is a movie that is a commercial for LSD. Huh. Insanely, it's a whole bunch of really famous people saying, "I did acid and it was great," and I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over and over and over again. And like people like Ad Rock or Shepard Fairey, Lewis Black, Nick mm-hmm. Kroll. Uh, it's hosted by Nick Offerman. Like mm-hmm. everyone just shows up and is just like, man, acid. 
Good stuff. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird. Carrie Fisher is like, I did acid for years. It's like, I, yeah, I believe it. It kind of sounds like, um, like, was that the the Vice show Party Legends? Like, I don't know if either of you ever watched Party Legends. No. It's it's they kind of do a uh, like a Jimmy Kimmel best story ever, okay. but, but with people who are like kind of like legendary partiers. Like there's like Steve O does one and like and, and all that stuff, and they're animated. And there's like there's a couple of them where like one of them is like Eric Andre doing uh, doing acid at the Montreal Just for Last festival, <laughs> and it's animated. And it's just sort of like and mostly since it's like it's done lighthearted. It's like, again, like these like crazy ass stories and everyone's like, and then everything was okay. And you're like, I just want to party with these people. Mm-hmm. I guess in your case, I just want to do acid. Did you watch it, John John? No, I haven't. <clears throat> it's, it's great. It was, it was super strange seeing them like switch from Reggie Watts to Sarah Silverman to Louis Black to Anthony Bourdain being like, <laughs> Oh yeah, do it. It was great. I did watch the first episode of Midnight Gospel, which was kind of like being on acid. Did you like it? I did. It. it you definitely need to be in a mood to watch yes. it. Like Sarah and I, like we watched it, we enjoyed it. And then whenever we're like, want to watch something? And we're like, Midnight Gospel? Mm. Like you need to be like, I'm going to sit down and kind of like, kind of turn off, but also engage. Yes, absolutely. Like, like it's a it's a weird headspace that you got to get in. You're like, I need to just like let this happen and pay attention to it. But also just kind of like flow with it. Uh, I would say it's worth it if you keep going, but you definitely do need to show up ready to pay attention and think about things. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, John, do you want to? John Scott, do you want to rank uh, your acid film or? I don't know. No, I'll wait for you guys to to watch it because okay. it's it's super fluffy because it's just a bunch of anecdotes. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot of. Like there's no <laughs> well, there there is a great part where Paul Shear from um, Human Giant mm-hmm. tells a story about doing acid, and his anecdote is acted out by Rob Corddry. Nice, <laughs> with a little gap in his teeth, and then Rob Corddry is like, "So my turn to tell you the story," and it's Paul Shear playing him. It's just <laughs> just just beautiful, cutesy stuff. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. It's it's fluffy entertainment. Um, I can watch fluffy entertainment. Yeah, Sting. I can do that. It's got Sting. He starts it off. Uh-huh. Sting telling about about drugs. <laughs> every time, every time someone mentions Sting, I always think of WCW Sting. I was like, whoa! And then you're like, oh no, from the police. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. Not, not face paint, black and white, crow sting. No. <laughs> you know how many times people are just sort of like, oh, and then like a sting showed up, and I'm like, whoa! And not. I'm always disappointed. I blame the circles you run in. Fair enough. Oh, my God. Yeah, wrestling happened. I don't want to talk about wrestling, but we could talk about that. What happened? Mike Tyson? Well, I don't care about Mike Tyson. Just the stadium stampede match was like the greatest match of televised sports entertainment in the last 20 years. I said it. Did you, did you watch it? Nope. Oh my God. So yeah, watch stadium stampede and we'll talk about it next week. Like there's, so wrestling has a problem right now, John, which is that they don't have fans, but they're still, they're still, 
they're still doing it in empty arenas. Uh-huh. There, there's kind of like a quasi-infamous match type of empty empty arena matches have happened before in pro wrestling. Right. Uh, which the, they kind of end up being like these things where you're supposed to be led or sort of live, but then they're sort of edited together, obviously, because they're taking advantage of the fact that they have time to film it and cut it together. Yeah. More often than not, they're kind of crap. But they did one at AEW that had the creative genius Matt Hardy involved with it. Matt Hardy, uh, who we might have talked about before on the show, did like the Broken Universe, which was just like him and his buddies just kind of doing insane things on this weird compound in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, like stuff like uh, model like, rockets and hiding behind a broken boat and yeah, fire, firing a ton of fireworks at each other and be like Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat, protect me, and then like hiding under a little rowboat, like while someone's shooting at them with fireworks. Sure, like just very good entertaining, and also the creative genius that is Chris Jericho involved in it, and just hilarious fun nonsense for like twenty plus minutes. There's a horse, like a guy gets chased around on a horse. <laughs> There's like weird, someone gets like put onto a bar and like run down the bar as they like smash him through like a gazillion glasses and then shoots him off the bar and stuff. Like basically everything that you want pro wrestling to kind of, like all of the zany parts of pro wrestling just like bundled into one with a bunch of guys who actually look like they were having like a ton of fun doing it. So much so that, um, so on the old video games, if you wanted to try to get somebody to like move areas, like some of the games were not locked to the ring, like you could get backstage and stuff, but it was like really hard because you both kind of had to like walk towards the area that loaded the backstage area at the same time. Like both sprites needed to go close to it. Uh-huh. And the best, the best way to do it would be there's a move in wrestling, which is like called an Irish rip, where you grab someone by the arm and you like throw them and they're supposed to like run a couple feet and then they hit the ropes and they bounce back at you. That's an Irish whip. But if you do an Irish whip, just kind of like up the ramp in say uh, WWF, no mercy on the super Nintendo, mm-hmm. because your character never hits the ropes, your opponents like I'll grab you and I'll just Irish whip you up the ramp. You will have no choice, but to just run up the ramp because like the, the animation never triggers for hitting the ropes. Right. So you just can't stop running forward. And they do that transition in the stadium stampede. They Irish whip Kenny Omega down a hallway and he just runs. Like, he just runs down the hallway, like, forever. And people were like, did they just, like, end, like, N64 transition into the next area? And then, like, <laughs> on, later on Twitter, like, Ortiz was like, absolutely. Like, we thought about it. They're like, how are we going to do this? And they were like, yo, Irish whip him. And he just, Kenny Omega just runs down the hall from an Irish whip into another area. Oh, uh, it's perfection. It's wrestling's like taking a bad situation of having to wrestle without fans and playing with it to like a absurd degree of fun. Have you watched the B Elite Brothers match in the backyard? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was like prep work for Stadium Stampede. <laughs> like it, it is very much the same tone. Like at one point they're trying to. I, I don't want to spoil it because you're gonna. I'm downloading it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like, it's also a good pay per view overall, but if I don't know if you're getting the pay per view, it's on Double or Nothing, or yes. was it on Dynamite? No, it's Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on Double or Nothing. Ah, uh, anything else you guys want to wrap it up or? Uh... Just very quickly, I watched the uh, movie Scoob. 
the Scooby Doo yeah, origin movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna review it. I'm not gonna get into too many details. But towards the end of the movie, Scooby and Shaggy has to decide which one of them is gonna stay in hell in order to save the world. What? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a actual plot point. You're saying they shit fight gets each real. other. They fight each other, arguing, saying, no, you stay here. You have so much life left to live. I'm going to go to hell to close the gate and save the world. Scooby-Doo. I mean, okay. And that's 90S. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.